Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sweet tea, are you ready for a brand new episode of the Court Case Podcast? I am. Are you guys? Yes, we're going to be talking about Clarkson's Farm. There's stray dogs that have become mutated and other weird wildlife stories. We're going to be giving our verdict on all of them right after this. Hello, I'm Matt Berry, and this is not Absolute Radio. This is the Court Case Podcast. Welcome back to the Court Case Podcast. Sweet Tea, how are you doing? I am good. How are you? Pretty, pretty good. It's been a minute. Uh, it's been a minute since we've actually recorded because the last episode that came out, the Thomas Duncan Bell one, re-recorded back in 2022. Yeah, it's been... We haven't recorded since last year. No, because we recorded the Charles Mansion episode this year. Really? When did we do that? We did that like maybe three, four weeks ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we hope you found both of those very interesting. The Ukraine one in particular, because it's still happening right now. It's still very important that that message gets out there. I know that Sandra listened and yeah. she was um, really happy that we still are still doing some sort of Ukraine episode every now and then. Yeah. So, which is really nice. She messaged me. So, she's doing okay, anyone that's wondering. Um, Thomas Duncan Bell, the man that we interviewed... Uh, he was not happy with the episode. He did not like the audio quality, uh, but... <laughs> Which was fun. <laughs> all of the audio problems were on his end. Our audio <laughs> sounded fine. And, you know, I did the best as good as I could do. I did my best. Hopefully so. it didn't put anyone else off. Yeah, um, the message is more important, important than the quality. Than the quality. That's what we were told in our po- when we went to the podcast uh, show in last year yeah. they said um quantity is better over uh quality didn't they when it comes to podcasting yeah, yeah as long as you're getting them out there yeah yeah people can look past the quality as long yeah. as it's good content as long as you can actually hear it obviously and you yeah. can and hopefully our audience think the same as all other podcast listeners in that regard yeah i hope hopefully. so but um it actually got me down a little bit because i was in a down slump at work at the time i got that email and I was just like, oh, Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't want to say too much, but I'm at the time in my life where my podcasting needs to be at top notch. And uh, to get that email just made me feel like I was a bit poo. Yeah, it knocks you off the podium a little bit, doesn't it? It did. Yeah, it did. But I'm feeling good now. I'm feeling, I'm feeling happy and uh, Chewy's doing great, our little dog. Oh, bless his little cotton socks. And speaking of Chewy, who is an animal. He is. He is a dog. Yeah, he's a dog. We've got a jam-packed wildlife and animal related episode today because not only have we had Chewy for a couple months now, a smash hit show came out a couple of weeks ago, Clarkson's Farm, which is obviously very animal and agriculture based. Mm -hmm. It's Amazon's most watched show. It's all over the news and stuff. And we just really enjoyed it Do you know what incredible. i had an unpopular opinion but honestly me and james have watched a lot of tv shows and mm. stuff in our three ish years together and i said to him the other day i said that has got to be other than ted lasso mm. one of my favorite series i've watched purely because it's so real raw yeah. unscripted I, it was educational um emotional like it was just so cool to watch 
what I think is really good about Clarkson's Farm is that obviously most documentaries, obviously they throw information at you in quite a normal way, but you get informed with with Clarkson's Farm. You almost get informed unintentionally. Yeah, literally. Because you're following the show for the sort of emotional side of it and the interesting side of it and then through the emotional turmoil that these farmers and mm. jeremy clarks himself is going through you're learning yeah you're so learning much why, about yeah. the farming industry and yeah i think that's and i don't think so to be clever. fair i don't think they realized that it was educational either like that was obviously never one of their intentions mm. um because they said after the first season like how loads of farmers actually really liked it because they're learning and they're realising that other people are realising how hard their job is because I didn't really know how hard a farmer's job was until I saw that and yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah, and um, I think, it, obviously, it's Amazon's most popular show and after all of the Jeremy Clarkson, Meghan Markle controversy shit, um, everyone was wondering whether they're going to get another season or not. Well, they are filming a third season right now, as yeah. we speak. And... Um, I always thought they were going to do another season because not only is it their most popular show, it is costs Amazon pence to make. All they've got to do is, because all of the farming, you know, Jeremy yeah, is paying, paying for, for himself. It, yeah. All they need to do is get a camera crew down there to film it. That's it. Yeah. No special just, effect. No, yeah, they've just got to pay the camera crew and obviously for the equipment. And yeah, stuff, and so. obviously the odd like special, uh, the title sequences and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So but in it, terms of other documentaries, it's probably quite a cheap one. Yeah. Yes. And so they're earning so much more than it's costing them to make. So, of course, they're going to do another season. And I I mm. hate this debate over um, Jeremy's stupid jokes and stuff like this. He's been like this for years. And it was a stupid Game of Thrones joke that he made. The people that don't watch Game of Thrones didn't get. And so they thought it was disgustingly offensive. Wait, what was it? Basically, you haven't gotten to the bit in Game of Thrones where it happens, but it's not too much of a spoiler. There's a point in one of the seasons of Game of Thrones where one of the characters, um, they get put on trial for a crime or crimes that they did. Mm. And what they get sentenced to, and it's a female character, is they have to walk naked through the street and citizens throw things like tomato and poo and stuff at them. It's called the Walk of Shame. Right. And Jeremy, in one of his columns, says that Megan should do a walk of shame, oh. right, as a joke. And it was a clear Game of oh, Thrones dear. reference. Anyone that watch it would be like, that's what he's saying. And it was he makes jokes like that all the time, but it got bombasted. He was called sexist, misogynistic, everything like that. But the, what I want to say is mm. that people are layered. People are nu- nuanced. Some people do bad things and good things at the same time. Mm. And I think Jeremy's... What Jeremy's doing for the farming community far, far outweighs the little bad, maybe bad like joke that he made. Yeah. Um, and I think people should be judged on themselves as a whole than the one odd stupid comment that they might make. Yeah, and like to be fair, like you actually see him in this series that he does care. He is a nice mm-hmm. person. He does good things. He wouldn't be doing half of this farming stuff. He's not doing it for a laugh at like however old he is. I think he's in his 60s. Yeah. He wouldn't be doing it for a laugh. He's doing it because he actually wants to learn. He like It's quite admirable, isn't it? Because when most people are 60, they're not going to want to go out and learn how to be a farmer, are they? Yeah, no, exactly. And the thing that broke my heart and I saw, which really showed me how how the good that jeremy was doing is when he's trying to open his restaurant and he went round to all of the farms yes. in the area and he was saying would you like to provide food or other things to our restaurant and all of these farmers not only did they say yes they were desperate and they were saying this would actually help keep our yeah. farm running if we did join in oh yeah and not only that he also held a meeting with literally everyone who was against him oh yeah having the farm just to let them air their views and that's like you respect like you know what i mean like to sit there and take on all this shit negative comments on people Mm. like that is ballsy yeah so there's been a local news article um recently 4th of march um about clarkson's farm so of course if you've not watched the show um he obviously he owns a farm and he's running a farm and he wants to open a restaurant on his farmland he's already got a farm shop open and the local council have been giving him bollocks for that as well but they were they denied his planning application for this restaurant and this was where all the farmers in the area were going to showcase their food and it was really going to help 
the local farmers and the council shot him down and in the end they managed to um bypass the council's decision by building it in yeah, a different a building hole. somewhere yeah. they found loopholes to open it it's brilliant because his his council council friend i guess yeah, charlie, charlie, love charlie absolutely brilliant he's yeah. so clever he's you know really sportive mm. he's really changed from the first series as well yeah come a long way he has yeah yeah he was my favorite character in the in the show my yeah favorite, i love him but an outgoing councillor has said that the west oxford district council's rejection of jeremy clarkson's planning applications were motivated by jealousy yeah that was clear i think yeah that was very very clear mr ridworth said the council's cabinet was too busy virtue signaling and as a consequence it allowed the five-year land supply to slip um on top of accusing the council of unbelievable wokery, Mr. Rudruff said the council had a personal vendetta against Mr. Clarkson's diddly squat farm. He said with Clarkson's farm, they decided he couldn't have his car park because they just didn't don't want him to have it. It is pathetic. It is jealousy and they have a vendetta against Clarkson, in my yeah. opinion. That was the one That's that was stupid. True. They were to make a car park to help the roads mm-hmm. because they were getting complaints from the council As that they were traffic. clogging up the roads yeah. and they denied them that. Yeah, and oh. then they go and put cones around um, mm. his farm, which is then blocking the bus from stopping out there, which is obviously nothing to yeah. do with Jeremy. Uh, he, the guy said, I don't think the council have come out looking very good at all over this. Yeah, that ca- council in particular were um, trending on Twitter um, one, after Clarkson's farm aired because yeah. everyone was just complaining about them. Yeah, they're you awful. You're looking for Chewy there? No, I wasn't looking for Chewy. I'm looking for my phone, which oh, I've right. just found. So, has anything, I've, I've, since it's come out, has any of his decisions been done apparently jeremy is appealing their decisions and the planning inspector will conduct the hearing oh so they've got another hearing on march 14th oh lovely do you reckon that'll be filmed uh i hope so but if Mm. not then i'm sure they'll give some sort of like uh what's it called when debrief yeah a spokesman for the council has said that um, we do not have a vendetta against Mr. Clarkson and we have worked with him and his planning agents over the past two years to try and reach a positive outcome where the business can operate within the plan laws and policies. Bullshit. So, so dumb. Mm-hmm. Over recent years, Diddley Squat Farm, Mr. Clarkson personally have had many planning applications approved where they were in line with national and local planning policy and we treat each individual planning application fairly and legally regardless who submits it. Absolute bollocks. No, they don't. <laughs> I completely disagree. No, yeah, they don't at all. Yeah, but that's the most up-to-date stuff on Clarkson's Farm. I've also read his first book. Oh. He's released two Clarkson's Farms book. I've read the first one cover to cover. Very, very good. Uh, Fingamajig's released one as well, hasn't he? Caleb. That's the one, Caleb. His farming mate. Yeah, he has. And I think he's got a second one. Oh, the Cal- world Caleb's according to great Caleb. At his job. He's really good. He's isn't a really he? good farmer, bless him. And it's I can't are you saying this to James? I'm yeah. saying this now because if this comes if this TV show comes out, I want copyright. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they should um they should do a spin-off version where Jeremy takes um Caleb to everything that he hasn't done. Like he's never been on a train, yeah. he's um like never left the country, been on a plane. Like all of these, like he got him on a helicopter at the end of the episode, mm. didn't he? And his reaction was brilliant. But I want to see him do things that he's never done before because he's literally lived in this, on a farm his whole life, which is mental to me. I thought of one the other day what? that I think would be funny is if Carl Pilkington oh, took Caleb my God. to the places that he's been on Idiot Abroad yeah. and showed him them. Oh my God. I think that'd be so Idiot funny. Idiot Abroad plus a farmer or something, <laughs> yeah, something, something, something clever. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like I think that. That'd be so funny. <laughs> put a post on social media uh recently to ask for some stories and we got sent a animal related story from bad council the bad council podcast oh shout out to them lovely bunch of guys i love them alligator kills <laughs> and girl <laughs> oh yeah and girl well um guys can sometimes true, refer true, to true. you never know nowadays people. it's you know you just don't know do you? you never know alligator kills 85 year old woman in florida mm. Fuck mm. alligators. We've got a lot of alligators. Our friend Sam Pierce, who does the jingles. But we've got alligators in... here. No, not here. Oh. We don't have alligators. Maybe at a zoo. Um, in Florida, you get a lot of alligators. Oh, right, yeah. Um, our friend Sam Pierce, who does the jingles, he's in Australia at the moment. He sent me a very interesting video. He got very, very close to a crocodile. Uh, did he? What? Oh, he did. thank God yeah. he didn't show me that. I know. 
An 85-year-old woman was killed in an alligator attack as she was walking her dog in Fort Pierce, <gasps> Florida. Oh, my God. Oh, do you reckon the dog died? Local media reported the 10-foot alligator first attacked the woman's dog but went after her once she tried to save the pet. Oh. Alligator attacks, especially resulting in death, are uncommon according to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. The woman's dog survived the attack. Oh, no. So it was just her that died. Oh, the victim. Like the dog's on its own. Yeah, that's not good, is it? It's the, awful. The victim has been recovered and a contracted nuisance alligator trapper has captured the alligator involved in the incident. Um, let's see. Um, the neighbours told local media that the alligator emerged from the water and lunged at the dog. Jesus. She tried to get the dog away from the reptile, but somehow fell victim to the gator. She has not been immediately identified. Oh, God, that's horrible. Oh, my God, that's horrible. I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. Mm. Apparently, officials said that alligators are opportunistic feeders and they eat prey readily available to them. If the prey is not easily overpowered, they will often let go and retreat. <sighs> Fucking hell. That's... That poor woman. Yeah. And like her family as well. What a way to go. You're just on a nice little dog walk and then out of fucking nowhere. I know. Jesus. I know. Um, I uh, have been to Florida a couple of times uh, with family. And one time we went on you. What was it called? You go on these boats that have huge propellers at the back and they take you through the swamps of Florida. It's really cool. And you go like alligator spotting. Oh, I wouldn't want to do that. That's quite fun. Why not? I'm not a fan of one, the sea, two creatures in it. Well, one, it's not the sea. You're well, in the swamp. Water, okay. I'm not a fan of water. Okay. You don't get out. You I know you in... don't get out, but I'm get. You just, this woman wasn't in the sea and she got attacked by a crocodile. You're in the sea and you're like, oh, it's fine. No, I'm not going. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. All right. Fair enough. Okay, well, I would go again. Uh, well, I, I want to go to Florida. On your own? That, that's the thing. I want to go to Florida with you. And then after we've gone and visited Bad Council, I would have liked to have gone into the swamps and, and seen no, some No, thank you. Guess I'm going on my own. Yes, you are. Yeah, fair enough. Well, we've got more stories, including these mutated dogs, and I'm going to lay down some truth bombs about the PETA organisation right after this. Okay, so we're back. And T, what is the name of your favourite animal? Elephants. Correct. I it's an elephant. I absolutely love elephants. Yeah, we've got elephant stuff dotted around the apartment, apartment <laughs> right now. She loves a nice little elephant or- ornament. You oh. also sponsor an elephant with WWF, don't I you? I do. So you're helping the conservation movement with I elephants. Am. Well, I've got a story involving an elephant here. Delightful oh, I hope it's creature. a good one. Oh, yes, it's a really good one. Man who survived hyena attack trampled to death by elephant. What? That's not a good one. <laughs> oh, my God, no. I know, I know. It's, it killed someone. It did, yeah. Oh, did it mean to? We're going to find out. But oh. Im- imagine you survived a hyena attack and oh, then afterwards you trampled to death by an elephant. A man has been trampled to death by an elephant only three years after surviving an attack from a hyena. Oh, wait. So it's not even on the same day? No, no. But, I mean, this guy has clearly lived a life, hasn't well, he? I don't really understand why the hyena attack has got to come into this. Well, it's it's describing the fact that he clearly regularly has encounters with dangerous animals. An elephant is not a dangerous animal. If you, if you are truthfully saying that, you are a very misguided individual. They are I know they're quite the big biggest land mammals, and they can... Be lethal. I don't think he meant to do it, though. Well, we're going to find out. Musili Musembi, oh. a 72-year-old father of six, uh, from Ilikoni village in Kenya's Kimwezi East constituency, was attacked by the elephant on March 1st as he walked home. This wasn't oh. Musembi's first altercation with wild animals as he was attacked by a hyena <laughs> three years previously when attempting to save his livestock. He confronted a hyena that had attacked our livestock in 2020. His widow, Josefita Matteo, told local news site Nation the hyena had killed one of his cows. And as he attempted to get rid of the animal, he received a bruise on his hand. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's quite impressive. Small. Yeah. 
Just a bruise. That's just a little bruise from a hyena. Wow. Yeah. So the elephant attack happened in an area bordering Savo East National Park, which is home to vast herds of dust red elephants, as well as rhino, buffalo, lions, leopards, hippos and crocodiles, according to the Kenya Wildlife Service. After being trampled by the elephant, the man's body remained at the scene for most of the next day, (laughs) Nation reported, with residents draping his corpse with the Kenyan national flag and preventing the police from collecting the body in protest of the lacklustre response by the police service to the multiple cases of animal-human conflict in the area. We are tired of rampant attacks by elephants. Oh, my God. The government has turned a blind ear to the plights of farmers in this region. Animal-human conflict is when animals are forced to enter populated areas, leading to attacks on the humans or their livestock and subsequent retaliatory killings of the animals by enraged residents. So, it's a regular thing, these um, elephant altercations. I didn't know that. But it's not the elephant's fault. They're being forced into these populated areas because people are coming into their habitat and it's causing altercations like this. Yeah, so it's like... Their like way of showing that they're not happy. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. Um, so this conflict has been especially bad in Mozambique's region of Kenya with wild elephants having destroyed crops, grain stores and plastic water tanks in their search for food, despite efforts to keep them out using electric fences. Oh. Yeah. Um, they should also, uh, someone said that they should construct dams in the parks to prevent animals from sneaking into farmlands. Apparently, between 50 and 120 problem elephants are killed by Kenyan wildlife authorities every year, contributing to the endangered species population decline, according to the WWF, which is um, the people that you sponsor yeah. elephant with. Over the past century, populations of African elephants have dropped from 5 million to 470,000. That is a massive decline, Mm. um, which is not good. Human-animal conflict is being one of the major drivers for their reducing numbers. So, this poor guy died from rogue elephant attack. Oh, wow. Residents of the village have called for the police to kill the rogue elephant that trampled Musembe. My gosh. Mm. but it was only removed after local police fired tear gas and opened fire to disperse the villagers. Whoa. Jesus. So basically the villagers are not happy that the police's response to these animal attacks have been lacklustre, right? So when this guy died from the elephant trample, they weren't letting the police remove the body in protest. They're like, no, you're not taking the body. We're protesting your response. So the police, in retaliation to that, decided to fire tear gas and open fire to disperse the villagers. And then they took the body to the mortuary. Oh, my gosh. So it's pretty shitty all round, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty shitty situation. That's your elephant story today, T. What are your thoughts on that? That's really sad for, like... Both parties. Yeah, you think of elephants as sort of gentle giants, but they can be extremely dangerous, obviously. Yeah, they have the power to be. Yeah, they're the largest land mammals on Earth. Yeah. So, oh, did you know that they're... Um, I was going to cover this story, actually. I forgot that I put it in my notes. Um, we're very, very close to bringing the woolly mammoth back. Oh, wow. Set to return in just four years. Damn. Yeah, this is all thanks to the efforts of scientists who are in the progress of reincarnating the Ice Age beast with a plan to bring it back in as little as four years. Mm. I don't know if we covered this on the podcast before. I know that I've spoken to you about it. Mm-hmm. but um, I don't think we have. I've looked it up and I find it so fascinating what they're doing because not only they're not bringing it back. Is it like, like from fossils, like the whole... Basically, they found a frozen baby woolly mammoth a few years ago. I think a lot of it is coming from that. So they're not doing it in just a Jurassic Parkian reason just to do it for the fun of it and just to see if we can do it. There's actually... The reason they want to do it is to fight climate change. It will actually fight climate change and global warming. That's incredible. If they bring back woolly mammoths, because what they do, basically the way that they bring it back is they're going to get the DNA from sources such as this baby one that they found frozen and they're going to mix it with the DNA of either African or Asian elephants, whatever to, you know, Mm. and then I believe an elephant will probably have the first embryo in it and give birth to it. But basically up in the far North, I think like above Russia, 
sort of Siberia area. Yeah. Over the past few years, this company has bought this vast stretch of ice and snowy land and they have been using they have put in animals that would have been around when the woolly mammoth was around to simulate its habitat so they've been putting in like certain elk and deer and and foxes and things that would have been around Mm. already and then they've been using tanks that are of similar weight to what the woolly mammoth is to simulate how long like a woolly mammoth would walk and where it would go around to sort of um, make the habitat look like sort of a woolly mammoth habitat. Mm. And what the plan is, is that the, they'll put the woolly mammoth in here and what woolly mammoths do, a lot like elephants do, is because they're so strong, they will push down trees and they will cultivate earth and they will bring out, new plants and they will help redistribute plant life and tree life and greenery into this huge expanse in the north of the world that will actually um bring about more oxygen it will help with the cooling of the planet and it's actually going to help us a lot which i find so fascinating that is so cool i never knew that yeah so that's the plan which i just i find so interesting and so within our lifetime less than that in the next four years we might actually see a woolly real woolly mammoths why were they extinct in the first place um just i think just natural stuff it it definitely wasn't like humans killing or something like that it was thousand i think it, yeah, it was thousands of years ago the woolly mammoths were It's crazy that they found a frozen one. Mm. Like, yeah. And it was years and years and years ago. I know. It's just mental. It is mental but how it all works. Very, very interesting. Wow, it is. But even more interesting, speaking of animals adapting and new ones coming, I did, talk, um, I did tease these uh, mutated dogs, which is quite interesting. So... T, we've discussed it on the podcast before, I believe. Um, we've been doing this for so long now. I forget All which the topics we've talked about. All the stories merge into one. Yeah. Um, so, you know Chernobyl? Yeah. Which we've discussed, the uh, nuclear meltdown in Ukraine, Ukraine that um, left that whole area just uninhabitable yeah. by humans. Well, stray dogs living in Chernobyl may have evolved to thrive in the deadly exclusion zone. So basically, there's a thousand miles that you basically can't live in. It's radiation filled. And now stray dogs living within the 1,000 mile exclusion zone around the destroyed Chernobyl nuclear plant have mutated beyond regular canines. That's and mental. scientists are probing whether it has helped them thrive amid the radiation. I wonder how they even do that. That's mental. Yeah. Um, so I, hopefully this article says, it says they may have genetically evolved to thrive in the hazardous exclusion zone after the world's worst nuclear disaster, according to a new study. Um, so it was destroyed in April 1986. Um, it's largely been abandoned by humans. 30 people died from the immediate blast trauma and acute radiation syndrome. Um and 4,000 more died from the fallout. The contamination also devastated wildlife populations, though some survived and continued to breed there. Scientists conducted the study, found that the feral dogs, many have descended from pets left there during the evacuation, have formed unusual packs. They live much closer knit than wild dogs or wolves, and blood samples taken show they are genetically different to other canines. So literally different. The animals have been monitored since 2017 as part of the Chernobyl Dog Research Initiative. The team plans to look... That's a cool picture, look. Can't see it. We'll post it on the social media, but there's a whole, like, abandoned Chernobyl and there's just one stray dog. It looks really cool. Um, But anyway, the team plans to look closer at the new genetic traits to confirm if such mutations have helped the dog survive despite the harsh radiation. That's so... It's it, mental. Yeah, it also thought that researching these dogs could bring fresh insights into how to prevent cancer in humans and protect astronauts in space. What the fuck? That's cool. Because, well, of course, cancer is a form of radiation, yeah. I believe, isn't it? So, And obviously, yeah, point. being in space is... Mm. That's, oh, my God, that's insane if that's yeah. the case. It's mental if you think 
a science, dog science. a dog could have done that it's science is so fascinating it's mental to yeah. think that studying so- something that seems completely unrelated could help in these incredible yeah, things literally so studying radiated dogs in chernobyl could help cure cancer that's so cool yeah um we don't yet know yet someone from the Human Genome Research Institute. Uh, we don't yet know what, if any, genetic differences might allow dogs to survive in one versus another environment. Mm. I'd love to watch a documentary on this. Yeah, I mean, one. I feel like if they they might do if it, obviously the results mm. ends up that they can they can you know cure things or whatever yeah. prevent things. There'll probably be a documentary on it. Yeah, they might be making it as we speak. So cool. In the years since closing off Chernobyl, um, it has allowed certain wildlife to flourish. Flourish. The area is now a haven for lynx, bison, brown bears, wolves, boar and deer, as well as 60 rare plant species. And it is the third largest nature reserve in mainland Europe. 60? What? 60 what? 60 rare plant species. Rare plant species. Wow. It's mad to think that just taking humans out of the equation helps wildlife so much. Yeah. So it's now the third largest nature reserve in Europe. That's mental. That is mental, isn't it? That is wicked. Um, The US has got a threat from Canadian super pigs. uh, What are super pigs? That's a good question. Um, There's been a crossbred pig that's threatening um, the wildlife in the Northern America. Ooh. So everything's uh, dying there from a super pig. It's incredibly intelligent and highly elusive, capable of surviving cold climates by tunneling under snow, and it's going to infiltrate the North of America, and it could kill off a bunch of wildlife there. Wow. So that's not good. They're, no. they're struggling with that at the moment. But... Those are our multiple main stories. I do want to get to a bit of a debate about Peter in a minute. Um, I need to find um, the name of the woman that I want to talk about. So all of that is coming. We are going to name drop. All of that is coming right after this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Shit. You keep saying shit. It's because I'm on the wrong uh, tab, though. I can imagine someone saying no. Yeah, I know. Probably my mum. Yeah. Or my brother, because my brother's like, he's too opinionated. Oh, my God. You give your opinions all the time. Oh, I'm my God. Sorry. It's li- he literally does it worse than you. I know, yeah, he can be very opinionated <laughs> as well. If you hear this, Billy, you are worse than James. <laughs> and I know that might sound like a bias attack, but I, it's true. I think the reason he thinks that I'm worse is because I'm obviously... 
I am opinionated and then I, I do it, I broadcast it to the world on a podcast, which arguably is worse. It is worse. However, but, you are opinionated, but you're not stubborn. You will still listen to opposing views. Uh, Hence, like, you know, we had Flat Earth Dave on the podcast, whereas your brother is opinionated and stubborn. <laughs> he won't ever let someone else you know try and convince him otherwise so he's, he's not going to be happy with it he's not going to be happy with this he's going to text and be like i do not want sweet tea on the podcast again <laughs> i do not want to hear and then us. we'll go i rest my case yes that's your opinion mm-hmm. but <laughs> anyway getting to this topic um this is one that i'm particularly passionate about one of my proudest achievements which i might have told you before is that i've been blocked on twitter by peter's own twitter account now that is a flex. It is a flex. And, uh, <laughs> because I I called out, I replied to, uh, there was once where they, they were going viral for something like that. And I called out that their disgusting malpractices in the organization uh, that there's many people that don't know about. Like, for example, my mum and others listen to this podcast. I don't think she will know what I'm going to talk about here. And there's many people that won't. Now, Peter is an organization. It's Peter. Uh, is it Peter? It's People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Uh, not Peter for the Ethical Treatment yeah. of Animals. That would make any bloody sense, would it? And uh, basically, so they are a charity and organization that strives to, you know, think that animals should be treated, you know, ethically and better. Some of the stuff they say, I completely agree with. Uh, the odd thing, like there was. Um, one they went on the news recently basically you know the queen's guard in london yeah you know their fur hats yeah it's made out of bear skin oh every one and bear fur oh my god i didn't know that peter were like they shouldn't make them out of bear fur anymore that is one i completely agree with they don't need to make it out of bear fur anymore I don't think they should. I no. think that's stupid. And um, there was one, another one I saw recently where they said that they think that uh, dogs like the British Bulldog and the Pug and stuff like that should be bred out. Another one I agree with because it causes terrible health problems for those dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a friend that has got a lovely pug called Elvis that I love to death. It was his birthday recently. Happy birthday, Elvis. And <laughs> as a dog, I love him. But I think that in the future, his breed of dog should be bred out because, it, you know, they do come with a litany of health problems. They yeah. bloody struggle to breathe, for God's sake. And yeah. that is the basic thing a living animal should be able to do. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's some things that I agree with Peter on. There's other stuff where they are just absolutely ridiculous. Like there was one, like every bloody now and then they come out with this list of, oh, you should change phrases um that involve animals so that they don't call um so that they you know so for example, the phrase kill two birds with one stone they want to change it to... They made like a chart and stuff, if I can find it. Um, Peter Animal Phrases. They were like, oh, you should change these animal-friendly idioms that students, your students will love. So um, instead of crying over spilled milk, you would cry over burnt toast. Oh, my God. Because obviously milk you get from cows, which yeah. isn't like... Very good. Um, on a wild goose chase, they think you should change it to out chasing rainbows. Instead of ants in your pants, you should say pepper in your pants. My gosh. Um, instead of walk on eggshells, you should have walk on broken glass. No one's going to like remember these when they're just saying no. them. These are the ones that I I've completely remember. So they brought out this poster that said, stop using anti-animal language. Instead of kill two birds with one stone, feed two birds with one scone. I what? say scone. but uh, Scone, yeah. But I guess that works better for it, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Beat a dead horse, feed a fed horse. Feed a fed horse. I get what that, that does. No, but like, if it's fed, why are you feeding it? Yeah, that's what beat a dead horse means. It's so the saying still is oh, the same, okay. but they want to change it so it's not like harming an animal. But at the end of the day, you're not actually harming an animal. It's a turn of phrase. It's yeah. ridiculous behaviour. Bring home the bacon. Bring home the bagels. Take the bull by the horns. Take the flower by the thorns. 
absolutely stupid. Like no one, like oh, you're in a conversation and people just like spit them out because they're used to it. They're not going to go. Oh, sorry, one second. Let me just search up the new one and yeah. I'll say that instead. Like exactly. it's just and it's like an autopilot thing now, isn't it? Exactly. In the end of the day, it's not harming animals, so it doesn't matter. But I convince Peter just comes up with the absurd things so they can get their name on Twitter and they can get their name in the thing. But anyway, I recently got into so I've been blocked by peter on twitter and i also got in an argument on tiktok with peter's media manager well i didn't get in an argument but she just she didn't like me peter's media manager jennifer white she's been on piers morgan a few times she gets in arguments with him and uh she's been on like good morning britain this morning wherever it is Mm. but basically um she was she did this video on tiktok about like saving dogs or something like that and um, i pointed out to her that peter kills thousands of dogs and cats in their shelters every year and uh, she didn't and uh, she asked me where i got this information i provided the exact receipts and um and uh, she didn't like that. She said that it's not true. But she also, she then didn't come at me with proof that it's not true. Mm-hmm. I provided proof that it's absolutely true. And she didn't come back with any sort of uh, discernible admission that I was I was lying. But basically, you might say to me right now, James, people for the ethical treatment of animals, why would they be killing dogs and cats every year? And I say to you, I don't know why do they do that. It's very strange for an organisation that wants to treat animals ethically to actually kill thousands of dogs and cats every year. Now, what they do, basically, I don't know if you know why they kill them. Basically, PETA has shelters throughout America specifically, but also I think maybe in England and other countries where abandoned animals would... Um, you know they're going to you know like how a dog shelter works where rescue Mm. dogs rescue cats go and basically um, they rehome a tiny tiny amount of these dogs and cats and usually they just put them down Mm -hmm. in these shelters and they kill thousands of them every year i've literally got there's a website if you want to search it the uh, the evidence is readily available just google peter kills animals and there's a website with all of the evidence and i've got a graph here in 2022 they received 2828 dogs and cats only 58 of them were adopted, 2,092 of them were killed. That's... So now my question for you, which other people will be thinking, how mm. do you know that that's true? Because by law, every shelter in the US has to submit paperwork showing how many animals they bring in, how many are killed, how m- euthanized, how many are adopted. Right. And this is just the government data put straight onto the website. Oh, right. So um, this is, um, and they have to by law. So this is Peter's own data that the shelters have given to the government by law saying that this is what has happened to our animals. Jesus. Um, so it's not it's not very good. And what's worse is I read a news article a couple of years ago. There was a Peter, there was these people that their dog went missing mm. Peter had found the dog and put it in their shelter and it was only a couple of weeks. Peter had already killed the dog before the people could come to the shelter to pick it up. They'd already euthanized it. Why? I don't know. If someone was coming to pick it up? Yeah, I don't know. What the fuck? They didn't keep it in the shelter long enough for people to realize, to find out and get it there. Oh my God. It's terrible. Uh, So this website, Peter Kills Animals, it debuted in 2005 um, Peter dubiously claims it does not run a traditional animal shelter and that it puts down animals that are too sick or injured to carry on. Um, there are good reasons to believe this claim is inaccurate. Um, here we go. In November 2014, Peter employees had allegedly taken a family's chihuahua without cause in broad daylight from the family's home. A surveillance video showed a van branded with the Peter logo pull up in the driveway, followed by a worker seizing the dog and driving off. Wilbur Serrett, the dog's owner, said the Peter employees later returned to his home with a fruit basket and news that the dog had been killed. Mm -hmm. The uh, county sheriff charged the employees with larceny. Peter refused to comment despite numerous requests. Jesus. Uh, in 2007, two Peter employees were tried for animal cruelty and littering in North Carolina after they were caught in a late night stakeout dumping the bodies of dead dogs and cats in a dumpster. 
Uh, they've been sued for killing animals before. $9.7 million lawsuit. They use dirty tactics to mask it. Um, it's all here. Mm. Um, Loads, intro- yeah. They've got this whole um, newsletter, Eight Things You Didn't Know About Peter. Um, yeah, so Peter believes in total animal liberation. So that means complete abolition of meat, milk, cheese, eggs, honey, zoos, aquariums, circuses, wool, leather, fur, silk, hunting, fishing, and pet ownership. So one of the reasons they kill animals is they would rather pets were dead than in a loving home. What the fuck? Which is pretty bucked up. I I can understand thinking maybe that owning pets is wrong, but if you've got a pet in a loving house... So Chewy, our dog, who's in a loving home... We love him for to bits. We spoil him rotten, and they would rather Chewie was dead than in this environment. Yeah, which I think is very wrong. Yeah, personally. Um, so that's that. Um, Peter supports criminals. It says here Peter has given tens of thousands of dollars to convicted arsonists and other violent criminals. This includes a two thousand one donation to the North American Earth Liberation Front. Uh, which is a domestic terrorist group. Peter lobbies to kill cats. Uh, despite its animal protection rhetoric, Peter's approach to dealing with some animals, particularly stray cats, is often lethal. In cities, towns and counties across the nation, Peter advocates against um, trap-neuter programs. Peter claims that it's somehow more humane to kill hats, cats immediately rather than to um, fix them and then release them. So uh, basically... You know you get stray cats in any area. Mm. A lot of places, particularly in America, what they do is they trap the cats, they neuter them so they can't breed, mm. and then they release them to live happy lives. And so what that does is that keeps the stray cat population down mm. and then it's not cruel to the cat. You're not killing the cats. What Peter thinks you should do is just capture the cats and kill them. So again, wow. they're advocating for killing the cats instead of letting them live them yeah. live, live their lives. Um, Peter is against all medical research that involves animals, so even ones that would help cure cancer, AIDS, anything like that. Other things like that, we've got. They have a ninety-seven point four percent kill rate. <laughs> that was their kill rate from two thousand six to twenty twelve. That is absolutely mental. So I'm telling people now, if there's anyone listening that supports or donates to Peter, please stop. Jennifer White, if you listen to this, I might even tag her on social media when this comes out. I would love for her to come on the podcast and debate us. because well, So she works for Peter, does she? She works for Peter, particularly the UK. The thing is, a lot of the statistics I've got here the US. is the US branch of Peter. And it's the US branch of Peter, I think, that have blocked me on Twitter. But um, I would be interested for her. She's welcome to bring her evidence on, bring her evidence from the UK yes. branch of Peter. See, this is why you're not this. opinionated, because you're willing to listen to the opposing side. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I, honestly, I think it would be a great episode if she came on. Yeah. Um, I might even message her on TikTok. Uh, but we'll see. But that is the main message that I want to bring out today, particularly if you're a listener from the US. Do not support peter in any way until these numbers fall because that is a ridiculous amount of animals to be killing and i'm not going to what support the only way that you could support them is by adopting a dog and then it won't die i guess yes but you have to <laughs> adopt quick enough yeah true. So they don't kill it before you get there yeah um i yeah i'm not supporting an organization that would rather have chewy dead than in our loving arms 100%. Because I'm not going to lie, since we've gotten Chewy, I love that little bloody dog more than life itself. More than me. I, well, no, I don't know about it's that. It's very close, James. It, it is, oh, of course, it's extremely <laughs> close. But there's literally, like, I, this, this is going to be very soppy, but there's literally times where I've been sat with him and I've teared up because I'm so happy that Chewy is here. Chewy is with us. Like, oh my He's God. He's the I best dog. So and I literally grew up with a little German, sh- well, a big German shepherd, mm. shall I say, you know, in comparison. And I loved him so much. Yeah. But the love that you have for your own, your own dog yeah. is just so different. Yeah. I just love him to death. I, I cannot think of 
I do not want to think about anything bad ever happening to him. I just want him to live the best life that I can possibly give him. He's so overprotective over him. It's unbelievable. Well, me? Yeah. Like, (laughs) we've had arguments over stuff because it's involved Chewie and, like... I've yeah. done something that Chewie hasn't liked out of pure just like getting to know the dog and mm. you know James will get annoyed at me because he is so overprotective. I, f- I just feel like he's an extension of myself at this point like I just want to take him everywhere whenever we go out with Billy and I just automatically bring Chewie with me he's like oh are they going to allow Chewie in the restaurant or whatever I'd be like we'll find out if not I'm not going in there. <laughs> yeah and like <laughs> so if I take if I take Chewie on a walk when James is working it won't be oh like hi T how are you we'll be like Chewie's back yay I'll be like right okay no one I'm wanted yeah exactly so why would Peter want to deprive Chewie of that level of love yeah he's obsessed with us but um, yeah we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we hope you guys have come away with a new idea of you know the world of wildlife you know go to work tell people about the woolly mammoths coming back you know, try and be as resilient in your life as those stray dogs in Chernobyl and try and find an animal to give as much love as we give Chewy. you know? Yeah, I think that's a nice message that we're sending out today. Yeah, I think that's really good. A really good verdict on, on these stories today. So yeah. uh, we hope you guys enjoyed. Um, much love. We can't wait to see you guys again for the next episode and follow us at Court Case Podcast on Instagram. Send us any stories you want us to talk about and we will see you very, very soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.